Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's Marsha Cook, and um, I've heard that promo probably, well, I don't know how many times, and now I realize that there's a mistake at the end of it, okay, because we are now Michigan Avenue Media, and the World of Ink Network is what I am, but I'm also Michigan Avenue Media, and the website is, you can go to michiganavenuemedia.com. So I didn't realize until I'm actually listening to it today that it gave the website. So... But I will change that eventually, but anyway, so in case, you know, and I wanted to say another thing. Thank you all for helping us. Now, we have so many more listeners, and um, we are now on um, iTunes, and I actually looked last night. I didn't realize, but they added, because I signed up for something, and they added like four years of shows at least, so that's a good thing, you know. Uh, I had no idea that all, all those shows would be on, but once we, you know, once I finally figured out how to do it i got it right and uh we're so now we have four years of shows so if you're interested in any certain subjects you can go into itunes and listen and um or on our website which is my website now it's com, and our radio shows and we also have a player there and on our blog uh so you can hear shows that we've had in the past and today's going to be a really good show we've i don't think out of all the i've ever actually had a young adult show and this is really going to be so interesting uh and i have two good authors from uh that amber garcia told me about and so i'm going to let each of them talk about what they do and then we'll open the discussion alexander ebert and uh, mayor joyce so mayor do you want to go first Sure. Hi. So how I'm glad you're here. I'm um, glad you're here. <laughs> thank you for having me. You're um, welcome. I am a Canadian. Uh, I'm a Canadian author of uh, four novels for middle grade and young adult, as well as a few horror short stories. Um, my latest is a YA paranormal, which is actually the first in a series, and it's called Shade. Um, and it was released last month by Seven Sisters Publishing. It's exciting. Very exciting. And when I saw the ghost part, I know because we have a lot of paranormal shows we have had in the past. We probably be having more, maybe. And you have short stories on your paranormal. Uh, yeah. The so the ghost? short yeah. stories that I've written have mostly been kind of yeah in the horror. Yeah. Horror, horror like category. 
Yeah, it's a pop, very popular, you know, category. We yeah. have a lot of shows, but I try not to say horror all the time because people go like, oh, I don't really want to care about horror. And then it's such a good show always because it's so interesting, <laughs> you know, but people go, oh, like, no, no horror for me. But it's very popular <laughs> regardless of what they say. Right, oh, uh, yes, yeah, and, definitely. Yes, and yours is a series, right, that you're coming, this is a series <laughs> that you just said, right? Yeah, so Shade is the first yes. book, and that's, that's very exciting for me because it's the first series that I've done, all my other things have been standalone to this point. So, so right, it's interesting doing a series. It's a very different format. All right, we'll let Alexander talk for a second. Hi, Alexander. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, I'm so, uh, my, so my name is yes, Alexander well, Eberhardt, and um, I'm actually a debut author with the same publisher, Seven Sisters Publishing. And uh, my debut novel is titled There Goes Sunday School, and it is releasing June 4th. And it is um, an LGBT young adult novel, so which is uh, very interesting because you know as I sp- I had spoke to you before and told you that the show we had last week with Nicole Disney, um, she was ta- she is a um, romance writer and um, LGBT writer, and so she mentioned that uh, started to talk about certain things and when she was a young adult and so I said oh I'm having a show like that and she said I wish that I had had some books to read when I was growing up she didn't have that so mm-hmm. why don't you talk a little about why you did this and I know that sure. that that will be interesting to a lot of people because uh, that you know it's it's a really good category now because there's so many kids mm-hmm. that need to read about other kids yeah, definitely. So, I mean, honestly, I, I'm in the same shoes um, as as Nicole was. I grew up in a, in a time where it was hard to see myself reflected in the books that were on the shelves. So I grew up reading um, young adult books. I mean, I, I don't think I ever actually grew out of it. I still read them to this day. That's okay. Um, at, at, 20, at, at 26. So I, I'm still, that's still young adult, right? Absolutely. Um, we never met age but no, so I, and, and on this show age who cares right it's just whatever absolutely <laughs> so yeah so that's that's the reason that I decided that I I wanted to 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 write this genre is because one I I think that one it's it's it is becoming more visible as the years go on we have great success stories such as you know Becky Abertalli's Simon and the Burst of Homo Sapien Agenda and now the movie Love Simon and pretty much anything Adam Silvera writes, I'll read that like 20 times and cry my eyes out. Um, but I still feel like there's so, there's so much more to be said in this genre, and there's so many more perspectives to be shared, and there's so many kids out there um, that are just, I mean, they're, they are crazy for something to read that reflects who they are as a person. So right. um, the reason I wrote this particular story, it's actually really funny, um, I myself grew up as... Um, in a pretty conservative Christian home in in uh, south of Atlanta, Georgia, and um, that's that's the same place that my story takes place. And so my main character Mike grows up, you know, just outside of Atlanta, um, belonging to a conservative Christian home. And it's kind of like, how does he reconcile these feelings for what he um, for who he is as a person and the faith that he's grown up with with his family. Um, so I, I borrowed a lot on my own personal experience with that, but then also. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think it, this story is way more entertaining than anything that's ever happened to me in real life. So, but it does happen. But you know what? It does happen, though. It does happen. You yeah. know, and that's the thing. Absolutely. It, it's 
you know, right? You know, what could be fiction and truth together, you know, uh, is a, mm-hmm. is very it's fiction for a lot of for it's it's you know nonfiction for a lot of people that live a life like that in their home because mm-hmm. um, as I mentioned to you before. Um, we've had many shows with, you know, uh, parents of gay children, and I've had in the past several clients that were, um, this is maybe 10, 15 years ago, and their parents sent them away to get better, you know, and that Mm -hmm. was so horrible and horrifying. And since then I've Mm -hmm. always felt like it's really, you know, and the show I had, I think it was like a couple years ago, people were just ostracized from their family, and that's so sad because, you know, it's one thing, you know, to be, you know, maybe you're, you don't understand your children, but to let them just have their life without you, it, it's very sad, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I'm, yeah, always happy to have this kind of, uh, you know, show. Now, Nicole, mm-hmm. when Nicole was saying that, like she was, um, her characters are older naturally, but writing mm-hmm. for young adult is a whole different market. You know, Mir, what do you? You know, on your books, your character, do you want to talk about that a little? Sure. Okay. Um, your main character? Yeah, so, so my main character, he is um, he's a 14-year-old, um, and the setting of this book is that he is on his way from Canada to France to spend a summer at um, a paranormal summer camp. Um, so in my book, it's all about paranormal abilities relating to um, ghosts. So it's an interesting series because you're taking the characters from the ages of 14 through 17. Romance is not the... The romance is actually pretty important to the story overall, but it's not a romance story. Um, They're dealing with lots of other things going on as well with um, seeing ghosts and dealing with abilities as well as that growing up and then you sort of throw falling in love in there at the same time so yeah it can be very complicated <laughs> you know it's complicated it's a very complicated time for kids you know it really is you know yeah. uh, they're not sure why they feel certain things and sometimes they don't have anybody to talk to and um, you know it, it is difficult you two can ask each other questions is there anything that either of you want to ask each other about your writing or about something that you've you know done in the past Either of you? Um, I mean, I know you kind of already touched on this, but I was really interested to know um, in your story, sort of in the setting that it is, how much was taken kind Mm -hmm. of from real places you've been and (laughs) the real things you did as a teen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The majority, actually all of the settings, except for like very specific places, um, right. They're all real places around Atlanta. So the town that my main character Mike lives in, Sandy Springs, that's a suburb of Atlanta. Um, the places that he and uh, Chris go to during the book, those are all places that I actually frequented as a teenager. Um, so yeah, so I, I drew a lot from kind of my own experience as to I I freaking love my city of Atlanta because it's just so awesome. But I want to kind of, you know, spread the, I want I want to get other people excited about it too. So I, I pulled a lot from my my love of the city and um but also uh, as far as like personal experience goes, I I embellished quite a bit for this book. Like I said, my life was not as exciting as 
as my main characters was, but um, but no. As well, that's the fun about writing. We can make our characters really do things we probably don't don't do, or <laughs> yeah, whatever. That, that's the fun of it. <laughs> yeah, if I only wrote about my experiences, it would be very very boring. So. Well, right, you know, right, Absolutely. you know, like, and you know, a lot of times we, you know, do like to write about, you know, where we, you know, where we're from. I mean, I do set my stories in Chicago because that's really what I know. I don't travel that much. I don't love flying, so I end up in Chicago. And my stories seem to end up in Chicago, you know, <laughs> because I know it, you know. And sometimes yeah. it, you know, with all the things that we make up as authors, we don't sometimes care to make up where we are sometimes, you know, and uh, it's just easier because we're making a story, so it's easier to set it right where we live, you know. It's more familiar to us. But then I've had people on that travel a lot, and they really do have different type books because they've seen a lot of things I haven't seen, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's it's different. But this is your first novel, right, you know, yeah. Andrew? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I, it yeah, doesn't so come out until June. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, which is oh gosh, it's like we're like two weeks out at this point. Almost. I know that. It's, it's hard crazy. to believe. <laughs> it's hard to believe, and it's still cold in Chicago. <laughs> but it's not so cold today. But it's been, you know, it is. You know, and it goes so fast. You know, I the weeks go fast. You know, especially during the summer, they're going to go fast. You know, now. But uh, what plans? Do you have any speaking engagements? Or are you going to go to libraries, or what? Have you planned anything? Yeah. So, um, so Seven Sisters has been great in setting up, um, doing some kind of pre-work, setting stuff up for me. So I actually have a, a pretty pivotal scene of Billy Girl Sunday School takes place at a um, a tea shop in East Atlanta. And it's called um, Dr. Bombay's Underwater Tea Party, which is just a ridiculous oh, name, cute. but an amazing place. <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> but, um, it's, and it's actually, um, it partners with a not-for-profit called The Learning Tea that supports um, higher education for girls growing up in India. So it's a really awesome cause. Um, but they're actually, they are set, they set up actually my first signing event to take place there um, a week after my release. So um, I've got that lined up and then sort of just some other local independent book uh, bookshops around Atlanta. So, Well, do you have a lot of them? Because like Chicago, we don't have, I mean, we we do and we don't. We don't, a lot of the smaller ones are gone, and Barnes & Noble, and, you know, mm-hmm. they have book signings, but not as much as they did. I'm sure of that. I know that, you know. So yeah. it's nice if well, you can get some book signings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, just around, I mean, I would say in a 100-mile radius of Atlanta and the surrounding cities, um, I'd say there's at least 20 different independent bookstores. Um, oh, some of them good. a little wow. bit more, yeah, some of them a little bit more receptive to kind of like the young adult vibe. But, um, but yeah, and, and the majority of them are LGBT friendly and actually are, are kind of chomping at the bit to get more of that material in. So it's, it's a really great place to be. Yeah. So what about libraries, do you think, uh, and schools? Will you think, do you think that you'll be going there or what, how do you feel about that? Uh, honestly, I I would love to do it. I just yeah. have, haven't really thought about it yet. So yeah, and I'm wondering what I'm wondering how that would go because I think it would probably be a good place to be, you know. But it doesn't mean that, that you know a lot of the schools don't have programs anymore for people, you know, the kids and kids love to meet authors. They just do any age, you know, and it's yeah, really absolutely. a good role model to see authors 
Because a lot of kids, mm-hmm. you know, they may want to be authors and they don't understand whether anything about how to write a book or what, you know, how you can get independently published or published with a small publisher. What about in Canada, Mayor? How's it go there? Um, we actually, yeah, um, I'm, we're actually pretty lucky that um, we have some really good programs and grants in place. Um, oh, that's great. So doing school and library visits is a pretty big thing, at least. At least in Ontario, but I'm um, I'm pretty certain it's like this in other provinces as well. Um, we have there's there's companies that do the national tours for certain authors every year, um, specifically oh, to get them into schools. Yeah, so um, we're really lucky that way. So, have you gone to any of the? Well, I, are you a librarian, or were you a librarian? I think I read this. I am a librarian. You are a librarian. So, do yeah. they have? You know, people come to the school. I mean, a lot of people. Or yeah. So I mean, it, it it always depends on who the author is and who yeah. the school is and who's you know doing the library there or what they're studying that kind of stuff. So there's always a lot of variables, but um, definitely uh, author visits at local libraries and schools are very popular in this area. Well, that's really nice. That's really good. It's hard, you know, and yeah. I, what I don't understand a lot of times, because I've heard this so many times from, it depends where you live. Like, you know, I've tried sometimes to get in libraries, and they don't even do this a lot of it anymore. It's And, you know, then I feel like, oh, my God, I'm not begging them. I'm coming for free. <laughs> I'm coming for free. <laughs> you know, and I, because I really think that, especially with young adults and even children's or adult, well, certainly young adults, that's a great market to want kids to be reading. You know, and it's a hard market because it, you know, to have yeah. kids reading, you know, yes, and definitely. it would be really nice. So uh, yeah, Canada, it's nice to hear that that's in Chicago and in some of the other cities. You know, they've cut a lot of programs here, which is not good. You know, and so right. yeah. the, you know, which we know. I mean, but it's so nice to hear that you know libraries could be receptive to having authors come because I do think it does. You know, it's just such a great conversation when you're talking, certainly to younger people, you know. And the subjects that you want to talk about, I think, would be so interesting. Oh, yeah, I think definitely. I mean, and I think a lot of libraries, you're right. I mean, sometimes it might be that they've had funding cut or um, they don't know how to approach or they don't know who is a local author in their area. Yeah. um, Which is one of the ways that, you know, social media is great because, you you find out, oh, hey, you don't live very far well, from me right. at all. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, So I, I think that's good if the publisher, if your publisher is trying to do that for you both, you know, which is a good thing because that really, it does matter because people really do like to meet authors. Yeah. So what made you go into young adult? Because it is a different different market, and it is, I think it's a difficult market because to hold you know, kids' attentions span is, you know, and it's an important market. Well, how do each of you think about that? Um, well, for me, I I just, I find the teenage years such an interesting time because it's, it's such a time of, you know, duality. Um, on the one hand, as a teen, you're kind of told you need to be making all of these choices for your future life and you know, you're starting to learn how to drive or getting jobs and taking on these responsibilities. And at the same time, you can't, 
can't do a lot of things other adults can. You're constantly warned about the dangers of society and still kind of told you're a kid. Um, Yeah. You know, you're stuck in such a weird place where you're on the verge of being an adult and you're still kind of on the verge of being a kid. And it's such a confusing time, but also such an exciting time. So I, I just, I find the stories really fascinating. It's funny because for me as a teen, I didn't, I didn't really know that young adult was a thing and I didn't read it. Um, I read adult books when I was a teenager and it wasn't until my twenties yeah, right. that I discovered right. young adult was a thing. And that's now primarily what I read. So um, it is kind of funny how it shifted, but yeah, I just, I find it such a fascinating time. Um, and I think it's fun to explore. Yeah, because it is it is an important time. You know, it it makes all the difference of what kids end up doing. You know, Alexandra, what yeah. about you? How do you feel about that too? Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. Um, I I would say the same thing. I mean, I I grew up reading. Um, I, I mean, I think my dad made us read the Chronicles of Narnia at least eight times through uh, <laughs> school. <growing> yeah. up. <laughs> um, so I always had kind of a taste for like the the fantasy side of things growing up. But then as I I uh, got into the later teenage years of my life. I, I found some more um, kind of young adult voices, you could say, and um, yeah. and no, they just really they just really stuck with me as far as um, just how they how they speak to a very specific time of your life, and it happens to be a time where like you are essentially you're you're becoming the person you're going to be, and so most of these stories kind of focus around that central plot plot line, um, even yep. though you have so many different subgenres, it's kind of all about finding who you're going to be as a person and, and, and how you present yourself to the world. Um, so yep. that, that, that fact, and then also the, the fact that I wanted there to be more stories for kids like me, so um, yeah. I wanted to put which, them out which there. Which is, you know, is, you know, and as I said, when Nicole said that on my show, and I thought like, oh, that's right, because then I had already planned to have you on something, and really it's true, you know, because I think Everybody remembers their teenage years, whether good or bad, you know, and and it's always, you know, um, surprising to me to I, that when I see people later on in life that didn't have a good time in how and uh, as they, as young adults and uh, teenagers, when I could have sworn that they did, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you mm-hmm. look at someone and you know. Uh, someone's a cheerleader, let's say, and you think, oh, my God, they must have loved high school, you know, because they were out <laughs> dancing. You know, really, you just think of cheerleaders being, you know, popular and, and just always having fun. But at, when you get older and then you ask a cheerleader and they said, no, they didn't really like it that much, you know, and they didn't care. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's what you perceive. So it's like we all think yeah. that maybe this one's, you know, loving their life, but maybe they're not, you know, and – yeah. Everything that comes from when we're young goes to what it stays with us. Yeah, and I think a lot of young people too. They 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 find that they think that the one the one thing that they're good at or the one thing that they're known for is what defines them for the rest of their life, and that's the cool part. Um, in a, in a lot of great young adult stories, is that they realize that who they are right now and and the things that they do don't define them for the rest of their life. It's it's their choice as to as to who they want to be. That's such a good point, yeah. right, because, right, it, it, you know, there's more turns you can take. You know, it doesn't mean you have to go left mm-hmm. or right. You can, you know, make a lot of different turns. And, you know, sometimes we're doing things, you know, even in my life, you know, it's like I remember, you know, I had no idea 
I would be even doing a radio show. This could have been like, <laughs> I, I don't even know. You know, I mean, this was a never. Okay, that's truth. You know, and I mentioned this so many times, you know, because I just never thought of it. And somebody asked me to be on a show, and I did go on a show, and then I did another, and then I had a show because I've said it many times. But when I think about high school, this this was never going to happen. So that's right. You don't know. <laughs> you know, and like I always you know, whenever I go to reunions and things, a lot of my friends, they don't love to go to the reunions. I like to go. I have a good time. I like to see what everybody, you know, is doing, and you know, and it's so interesting because, you know, they're not doing what you thought they'd be doing. And it's yeah, really, yeah, that's why I love what you just said because it's so true because we don't, you know, just because mm-hmm. you say you're going to do one thing doesn't mean you're going to stay that way, you know. And so that's one of the things that I think young adult authors that's, Really important. So, do you think they read paperback or Kindle? How do you feel this? How do you feel about this on their phones? How do each of you feel about that? Because it's a it's a big discussion um, there. I don't know either. It is a big discussion. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I've heard that that young that teens are still uh, gravitating towards paperbacks, mm-hmm. but I don't know for I don't know for certain. <laughs> yeah. The the no te- the actual like young adults they do. They do tend to they do tend to want physical copies, um, but then also young adult also has a really really large adult base like me and Mary because we still yeah, read young adult true. books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of a split. So actual young adults are reading the paperbacks while adults are leaning more towards the Kindle and digital versions. So yeah, because some people have said though that there are a lot of people because. They've spent so much time on the phone. You know, you're on the phone, you're tweeting, mm-hmm. you're, you know, doing mm-hmm. Instagram, whatever. And so if you really want to read a book now, you might want to read it without your phone or without your Kindle yeah. or without iPad because you want some downtime because we don't get yeah. downtime. Or, yeah, or, I mean, honestly, what teenager wants to read a book on their phone when they have to stop every five seconds and reply to a text? So. I know well, that. That's the other, yeah, that. You can't, can't really get immersed in the story when you're no. constantly being No, that's, out and that is true. And really, yeah. that is true. So, and I think that adults are coming around to that now because um, I remember when I first started doing shows, which was eight years ago, it would be nine, and ebooks mm-hmm. had just come up. You know, started and then the Kindle when that hit, then everything went berserk. Everything went fast. You know, but now mm-hmm. uh, years later, you know, I think people are. You know, it's nice if you're traveling, ready to you know to take books with. But I do think you're right about that. The texting, you can't help yourself when you see that little. Mm-hmm. You have a message. You know, it comes up on the phone. <laughs> you know, and if you don't respond, because I was talking to somebody and they said like, if somebody does, it's you know they. It, people expect now, if they text you, that you need to text them right back. But what if you're doing something <laughs> else? You know, I mean, it's like yep. it almost is like, oh my God, you can't, you can't have anything, you know, because if you, let's say, you go to a public bathroom or whatever, you're hearing people talking, you know, and you wonder <laughs> where are they talking from, you know, and you know they're on the phone, and you know, and it's like we're constantly on the phone and that's why if you want private time where you want to read a book it might be a good idea you know that's one of the things about starbucks and places like that you do see people in starbucks and places like that actually reading a book yeah you know well and i mean there's yeah there's something um really interesting in especially i think the young adult book community as well is um Fan items are such a big thing now. 
which is mm. awesome. So, you know, people really yeah. like having bookmarks with quotes or candles that represent a character or a scene or something. Um, and so I think a lot of people like having the physical books that they can put on a shelf with their yeah. other kind of goodies from the book too, so that they can see it and kind of keep that immersed feeling even when they're not reading the books, which is really awesome. Yeah, so that's, well, yeah, that's a kind of interesting. I've not really heard that. So you mean, so they like candles and things like that where, you know, normally people, after they read the book, they go, goodbye, I'm on to the next. <laughs> Care. Mm-hmm. You know. So, they, no, the teen market, I think it's good, though, if they're, you know, if they're caring about the author. It's so hard to get fans. I think it is, mm-hmm. you know, to get fans. You know, I, in my career, I've not stayed in the same genre, and it's it's not what the advice I would give to anybody, actually, because it's very hard to market different genres. And um, mm. if you stay in one genre, you get your fans. But if you move on, you don't all the time because you've added, you're marketing to another type of person. You know, it's different. Like if you write a romantic comedy or a young adult or a children's or a horror or whatever, it's different people reading them. Yeah. Do you intend to stay in yeah, the same um, market, both of you? Um, well, I haven't. <laughs> I've, I've been a, not, you know, not drastically different, but, again, my um, stories have ranged from middle grade um, to the adult market with my short stories, and they have been contemporary, mystery, and then yeah. sort of paranormal, and then horror as well. So, yeah, but I, I completely so, agree. Yeah. It's very difficult to Do you hold your audience? Or do, you know, that's the thing, because some people, like, yeah. you know, what I was saying, because it's very interesting, you know, um, when people, like, it, it is true, though, when you say, like, horror, like, when I was an agent, they would say, I don't want fantasy, or I don't want horror films, okay? That's because we did a lot of screenplays. And that's what they would say automatically. And i go, and then... Somebody would say, well, like, I don't want um, children's. I don't want romance. We don't want horror. We don't want that. I go, like, well, what the hell do you want? I mean, what is there? You know, I mean, because yeah. you sometimes have to read the story. And, you know, and that's really when I took clients and I read every script to see if they were a good writer. It's, it's about mm-hmm. a person being a good writer and really liking what they wrote. And there's a market for that you know, a good story, which is what the name of this show really was, started as. A good story is a good story, and it shouldn't matter what the story is as long as it's the best you could do and it's a good story. I think it should have an audience, you know, but yeah. it's not that easy to keep the audience, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. with the way it is now. You know, and I saw something. I don't know if anybody, I don't even know. I get so many emails and so much, you know, on Facebook, and I'm always reading stuff. But, they, you know, they come up with things like, you know, um, if how to get to number one on Amazon, and if you don't get to number one or if you don't get really great ratings, maybe you shouldn't be writing in that genre or whatever. I'm thinking, like, what? I mean, what is that about now? <laughs> you know, if you're going to start writing to write a book just because you want to write in that genre or just write that kind of story, not even if it's coming from you or not, that's bad, I think. How do you feel about that? I mean, don't you like to pick your own story and what, not what you think somebody's going to like? How do you both feel about that? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's exactly true, and that's what, um, I mean, as difficult 
as you said, that it can be to market yourself when you're changing what genres you're writing in or even what, what age group you're writing in. Um, if I think about, you know, some of the authors that I admire, they've done just that. And you don't want to limit yourself. I mean, I would get very, very bored just writing in the same <laughs> genre all the time. Because, yeah. well, that's, you know, right. I have a lot Which of Which is what happened to me, too. I, I agree with you on yeah. that. I do agree. I'm saying what I've heard, but I'm saying not what I do. Okay, because I do switch, you know, because I would get bored. Right, exactly. Yeah. Alexander, <laughs> how do you feel about it? Right. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, honestly, I, I think it all boils down to whether or not you have a great story to tell. And Right, I agree. I mean, something, something that... Um, so just something that I've always believed in is just you know it doesn't really matter what it doesn't really matter. There's an audience for pretty much for everything, and I think today's day and age with with how not, I'm not going to say easy because it's not easy, but how open publishing is at the moment, and with self-publishing and and being able to produce books so rapidly. I mean, yeah. honestly, you it can is, find it is a very, story no, about, you're right. just you're about absolutely everything. Right. It is rapidly. And yeah. that, that's the one thing about yeah. independently publishing, if you're not with a small publisher or because years ago it would take three years to get a book out. You know, let alone yeah. the time you spent writing it, then getting an agent, and then getting the agent to actually like it, and then going to have the agent try to sell it, and then by the time that's done, you're so bored with the book, and you don't even remember what you wrote anymore, and you have to go on tour or something, <laughs> and, you know, you don't even like what you wrote. So that's basically what it was, you know, and so mm-hmm. I I tend to agree, you know, I'm saying I, I don't know that I would advise someone only because of the marketing standpoint and how hard it is, but I myself don't take that advice because I have screenplays that are thriller, I have a horror film, I have romantic comedy, I have drama. I don't, I don't like, I just write the story that I'm thinking. And, but mm-hmm. I think for me it's, it, has, it has been difficult in the book market, not necessarily screenplays because it's a different kind of audience, but in the book market, because we all try to get fans or whatever, and it is hard, you know, you know, you can't help but go on Amazon and look and see what everybody else mm-hmm. is doing, and then wonder how are they doing it, <laughs> you know. And there's no, answer. no, I don't think there's a good answer for that, you know. In my yeah. opinion, you know, um, I, I, we might have a caller. Okay, I'm gonna answer the phone, and if it's Sometimes it's not a good one, or they don't want to answer. So, if, but I don't want to leave somebody on the phone. I just saw that. Okay, so let's see. Hi, it's Marcia. Did you have a question? Uh, not yet, but I'm oh. fascinated by your show. It's Joanna. <laughs> oh, hi, Joanna. How are you? Did you want to ask anything? Because this is a whole different show, you know, than I've I ever know. had. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm adult. listening right now. I know. You know, listening um, to a different point of view. Right, and so okay. um, I think I'll. Just right, I just want. I didn't want because I know I didn't know if it was you or who it was, but I thought I don't want to leave you on. So I'll just let you listen, and if you feel Thanks. like it, you'll okay. Hi, okay, because I don't know some, but you know, I haven't opened the chat room actually, and so sometimes people want to ask questions. This is a very different show for me, right? And and I think it's so interesting what you're saying. You know, um, Alexander, do you have anything that you want to ask, uh, Mayor? Yeah, um, actually, I, I just I, I finally got time uh, this week to finish uh, Shade, and um, 
and one of the one of the questions I wanted to ask is I, I was super impressed about how you keep keep up with such a I'm not going to say a large cast, but I mean it is. It's like a large cast of some pretty vibrant characters, and how you right. juggle you know six to eight people on every page. Um, I just thought you did it with a lot of grace. So I was just wondering how do you keep all of that straight and. Did you have any tips for a fellow writer who who likes to keep two to three people for scenes? So. <laughs> well, thank you first. Um, yeah, no, that has been a struggle, as especially as I have moved into um, the next books in the series, mm-hmm. um, because you sort of realize that you kind of even have one or two new characters that will come in. And then you're like, oh, but I already yeah. have all the existing characters that are there. Um, so definitely <laughs> things shift, and sometimes people get more screen time than others do, essentially, or more page time, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, so but, it can yeah, be. It happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it definitely can be um, a struggle. But I do, I some of my favorite scenes to write are actually when everybody is together or quite a large number Mm -hmm. of them are together. Um, And I find that actually putting everyone together is how I best pick everybody apart and sort of see how everybody is different. Um, When you only have like one-on-one conversations or because people are very different one-on-one and um, Mm -hmm. if everybody's being compared to your main character, you might not always pick up on the differences or the similarities that they have with other characters. But when you get them all in a room, um, I find that it's just very interesting to kind of let them talk and see how they interact with each other. And, you know, a lot of the character relationships and just interactions and friendships that came really just came naturally by me throwing everybody together and seeing who gravitated towards whom. Yeah, I think that's sure. a really good thing, you know, uh, you guys probably you know you don't know some of my shows. <laughs> my shows I've been known to have eight authors on, you know, and nobody else wants to do that. But I tend to like that because nobody's like in the hot seat, you know, and everybody can ask each other questions. And somewhere along the line, it works, you know. But I tend to write with a lot of characters too. I have a book. It's called Grand Central Station. And there are a lot of characters. That's why I did that, because it's like a crazy place. And I do like to write with a lot of characters. And so I'm thinking, Mira, maybe you should try writing a screenplay, because when you have a screenplay, it's so much fun to have all these characters in it. That's where my books are coming from, is screenplays I did, Mm because I do like a lot of different characters, and I like to see how they, you know, intertwine with each other, you know. And um, it's fun for me. It is, it is fun, and I have to say, I'm actually currently working on the third book in the series, and certain characters that haven't interacted a lot end up interacting more, and I've envisioned scenes for a very long time now, because this is book number three, but then as soon as I start writing them, they behave completely differently than how they have in my head, and it's amazing that that right, happens. Yes. But, you know, and it's so it's so interesting that you're like, well, I thought these two people were going to get along, but nope, turns out they, they don't. So. And that's the way they life went, is, though. Went, but it's, yeah. That is life, though. You think, oh, you know, when you meet somebody, you know, then if you get to know them a little better, you're like, oh, this is not working. Oh, yeah. This is not going to yeah. be good. <laughs> you know, and it is fun, though. I mean, that's the, see, that's the whole thing. When you have a good time writing, which apparently you're doing, 
you know, that's really good. And so, you know, my advice to people is that's why I always say write the best story that you want to write because, you know, you're the writer. You know, you're writing the story, you know, and it is fun. You know, and um, I try, like I did this in It's Never Too Late for Love. I have a lot of characters, but I kept it a smaller plot than I did it originally, but I still had a lot of characters in it because I like to write like that. So I think, you know, and sometimes I want to say, like, can't I write, like, one or two people together? In a, But I can't seem to do that because I need <laughs> of, I, it seems like other people need to come in, you know, and that's when mm-hmm. a series comes in handy, you know. So I'm listening. I listened to what you said, that when you're doing this series, though, so – when you did you bring everybody back and tell more about them, or did you leave some of them out? So, um, I mean, the the setting of the books is like a summer camp, um, which is originally how I ended up with a, a big cast. It wasn't totally intentional until you kind of realize it's a summer camp. <laughs> where, where you are, there. right? Where you are? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so each book is, you know, the next summer. Um, so you have... Oh, that's really, that's a great campers. idea. That's a yeah, really so good idea. Yeah, so you've got certain campers that um, have gone because they've moved on from the camp. The camp has only run for a certain number of years. Um, and then you have new campers coming in. Um, and a lot of the interactions are focused in, you know, the campers are sort of grouped by their age. So a lot of the interactions are focused with the campers of my main character's age um, and his group. But you do sometimes have interactions with people who are older or when the new campers come in. Um, and then, you know, each year the um, even in one group of campers, there can be fluctuations where, you know, some people can't come back or don't come back or, there are changes in situation. Um, so, yeah, so it really it fluctuates throughout. So sometimes the cast in general will stay more or less the same size, um, but definitely each book has differences. Don't you feel by like you get to know them better, though? Or, or, you know, and sometimes, like what you were saying, though, sometimes they do surprise you <laughs> and, yeah. uh, when you're writing, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what I think. Oh, yeah. People that don't write, they, that don't write, don't understand, is that when you're writing, things do change. You know, um, I don't write with an outline, but I want to. I want to, but I don't. You know, um, <laughs> because I think it would be more organized. But I would like to do that, but it it's hard for me to do that because I kind of add things in as I go. But. Uh, Alexander, are you, this is your first book. Well, how, what about, are you going to add people on your second type of book? Will you have more characters, yeah. you think? Because it's, yeah. So, you think it will be easier for yeah, you now? So, <laughs> I do. So I, I tend to gravitate towards group, friend groups of three. Um, so the, the majority of my, of my uh, stories have a main character and then two close friends. And then there's the outer, kind of outer group of friends that come and go. Um, but my all of my stories are standalone, so I don't really have, like, kind of a world to build around it. Um, you kind yeah. of start with a character from, from beginning to end of that story, um, yeah. and then you pick up a new one and the next one. So, um, but, yeah, so I'm going to think I, I will be able to. Um, my characters tend to kind of hold me hostage sometimes and, and, and change all of my plans. So um, what you were talking about with uh, – with an outline, that's that's me. Like I want to be that outline writer, and I can start yeah. with an outline, but by 
four chapters in, it's completely changed. So yeah, yeah, yeah you know, like right, well. right. Yeah. You know, and I think you know, like I think like I'm putting on my makeup or doing my hair, I get all these scenes in my head, and then. But I do put, like, a thought down, and then I can get to that scene, mm-hmm. but it's not, never turns out. Like, when I, as soon as I start to get on the computer, everything changes. But it's a thought. Yeah. It starts it, but everything, cha- mm-hmm. I, you know, it just becomes so different. It's, like, almost not real yeah. until I start writing it on the computer. But I do <laughs> write longhand sometimes, but I don't, somebody asked me if I put notes on longhand. I do, I, like, I write sideways and whatever, but then I sometimes don't even use those. But it's in my head somewhere. That I thought mm-hmm. it, you know, because Definitely. sometimes you don't, it doesn't come back that thought. That's why I write them down. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't, yeah. you know, and sometimes you'll say, I it thought of something yesterday. And you go, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't come back, you know. So I try now because I've written so many things that I just go, okay, I'm writing this because it won't come back. You know, you know you thought of something, but you don't know what it was. Yeah, you can't and remember just, what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and that's the fun of writing, you know. And so I think, you know, writing with the young adult market, I, you know, I did a whole series that I, I must have read like maybe 50 to 100 books, uh, young adult romance. I used to sit at the library and just take them and read them. And then I had Jeez. outlines for all of them. This is a long time ago, and I had outlines. And then I have... I'm, I throw out a lot of stuff, and I don't save stuff. And there, and I, but I do save all my writing and everything. But I do not know what happened to that. And I had all plots and everything of all these things. And I know they're never coming back, so I just forget it. But I always say, if I could only, I don't know, it just disappeared. Because I have my writing. I don't keep things except my writing that I want, you know. Because you never know when mm-hmm. you need it, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but because you know you change things, but once they become books, it's a good thing because you have a, like a record of it, so you don't have to worry. Because I have yeah. a habit of uh, being afraid I'm going to lose something on the computer, so I do it like a hundred <laughs> times. You know, I'm saving yeah. it, and saving it, and saving it, and then sometimes I print it because you know, and because I really, you know, you can't get like when you when people do say, you know, they lost the whole story on the on the computer. That's scary. And then that is sad because, and, oh, my God, you can't get what you thought back. I don't care. Unless you've got notes on it or the same story, it is not coming the same way. Not for me. Yeah. That's just my constant That's my constant living nightmare is that something happens to my computer and I forgot yeah. to say something. So. I know. <laughs> it, it, it is scary, though, because it's all in there, and all of a sudden, you know, and if you can't get it. And sometimes when I was writing a script, I do not know why this happened. At the end, something got screwed up, and I don't know what it is. And then I went, oh. But for me, a script, you know, I, I did like writing scripts, but I, for me, what a script did for me as a writer is made me write much better dialogue. I learned how to do that better. I, when I first started, dialogue was a little difficult for me. But then when I started, you know, doing scripts because it's you're just talking, and All you know, dialogue. and then it became <laughs> right. so much better, you know. And I ta- I like to talk a lot, you know, which we all know that. But you know, and it, it that to me is how I got my characters to you know speak and and the most. Interesting thing, my characters to me, they're not the same at all, any of them. It, which is, I don't, you don't even, I don't even know where they come from. Do you feel that way? You know, when you're <laughs> writing, you know, Alexander, you haven't written that much yet, but when you've written a lot of characters, don't you, isn't that weird how you get these characters, Mare? I, I, you know, they just, yeah, pop up. no, they're, yeah, you're right. There is, 
they come to you in whatever shape. And sometimes, I find sometimes the characters come more or less fully formed. Other times, they change along the way yep. as well as you get to know them. But they are yep. they are all completely different. And even yet, yeah, across my book, um, even if you have some characters or minor characters that share some personality traits, you very much can completely distinguish them in your mind because yes. they are still I know. their own. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, like for me, I have a character. It's a dog. It's a Gracie. She talks, and I want, and I wanted to do this other screenplay that I did. And the problem is, the character now that was in that screenplay was named Gracie, and it wasn't a dog. I can't <laughs> seem to, I can't. So now, if I'm going to write that story, I have to change, get a new dog now, because I can't use that dog because I already know that Gracie won't work because the character's name is Gracie and my dog cannot be Gracie too. So it's like, <laughs> but in my head, I find it very difficult to change a name once I get it. Yeah. Do you feel that way about names? Either of you? Uh, oh, I'm, yeah. I do. I do um, in some cases. Um, in other ones, though, interestingly enough, the main character of Shade, um, his name did change. Um, and that's because his, his name is Callum. Uh, originally, his name was Sebastian. And I ended up getting pregnant with a second boy. And I realized <laughs> that I love the name. That's why I chose the name is because I love the name yeah. so much that I ended up naming my son Sebastian. See, that's um, right. Which is why so I'm you couldn't do both yeah, then. See, you couldn't do him, both. So. Right. <laughs> and I couldn't do both because yeah, this see, is a completely different character than who, yeah, than my son. So, um, so that right. was hard. And it took a lot of thought before I was able to come up with a new name. As soon as I got the name Calvin in my head, I knew that was the name. Um, right. But there were things that shifted even with the character with that because see, I, know. I knew I know new backstory so of how we got that name and yeah. Now, that's really, an interesting, really interesting story, C.B. Craig, right, because your character wouldn't be like your child, you know, and that's yeah. that's so hard for me. That's why when I do, you know, name a character to change the character, oh, it's, uh, I can't, you know, it really doesn't work well for me. And, you know, and now with the dog, I, I'm thinking, how can I do this? So I'm going to have to do a new dog. <laughs> I can't help it. it yeah, I have to have this Gracie as the character. It just I see her, you know, yeah. and it's uh, this is this is. A, I mean, people but, don't understand really. You know, your regular friends do not understand any of these things we're talking about. I'm sure because they do. You know, but just think about. They just think, think, about think you know, right? You, you know, writers. That's why I love doing the show because we think alike in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. writers. But our people that are our friends or family, they don't think that way. They don't even get what we're saying. You know, and sometimes I'm talking, I'm going like, no, that nobody knows what I'm even talking about. But we know. <laughs> well, I mean, this is, these are the things that authors do, you know. I mean, we do, you know, and but we yeah. do love writing. That's why we do it, you know, too. You know, and that's why it seems like with the young adult, you know, um, how important it is to... I think more than other genres is to get it right, you know, on what you're doing. Yeah. You know, um, adults can like change back, but kids, you know, you want them, you know, you don't want to really put them in a bad way by something they've read, 
Do you agree on that? I mean, is that something that comes in your head when you're writing, either of you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's true. Um, I find it a lot too with when you're when you're writing characters, you really you want to make sure that the character that you're portraying is the one you want out there. Um, because yeah, I think in some other genres you can kind of brush off a character if they don't sit well with you or if you don't agree with, you know, their personality or their outlook on life. Um, but sometimes younger audiences can, they can get really attached to characters in a way that, um, a lot of older people don't, which is wonderful, but it, you do really want to be careful with, you know, what you're presenting to them and the kind of messages that you are sending. I just got a message. Wait a minute. That, okay. Alexandra, are you back on? I think I put you on. Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. You're on. Okay. okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm a goober. Sorry. That's okay because, you know. question. Oh, okay. All right. Well, who knows? It was a long one, but I no. It was. Um, it's a. What did I just? I well, we were just talking about where were we? I'm just trying to think what I, we were talking about. Oh yeah. Just kind of if we oh, yeah. think that for. Um, if we think for if we change adults, right, um, if we change yeah. if we change things, I you know if you change a character, mm-hmm. let's say when you you haven't written as many characters, but in your, when you started to write these characters, I'll ask you another one. When you're starting to write these characters. Um, mm-hmm. Did they do? You, did they do anything that you didn't like that you didn't want to put in the book that might give? Um, <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? It might change it for somebody sure. reading it. You were more careful sure. about how you added something because it's young adult. Yeah, because it's so. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I I I tend not to kind of shy away from um, things that are a little more shocked. I guess you would call it. Um, the, the opening chapter of my book is definitely kind of a, a, a little, I'm not going to say, it, it, it's, it, it's just unique, let's say that. Um, I think Mar- Martina at Seven Sisters, she, she put it as a, uh, it was like a slap in the face. Um, so I, I, my characters do tend to do things that are a little bit more, um, What's the word? Risque, uh, risque, maybe risque or something. risque. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's risque or just, or just, you know, honestly, they're just behaving like real people, and so I. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but right, because myself. we don't always, we're not perfect, yeah. right, and things. Exactly, yeah, and so I just kind of have to stop and think to myself, okay, how can I filter this to speak the same message? Because um, it's also it's a really important time too, because you you really don't want to, you really have to be careful about what you write and how you represent people because you don't yeah. want to represent people incorrectly. Um, right. Especially, yeah, especially when, when we are just getting traction, especially in the LGBT um, yeah. community. We, we, we want to be really careful about how we um, represent, like when I write about, um, you know, lesbian characters or bisexual characters. Um, as a gay person, I don't fully understand their viewpoint of things. I, I get a lot of, of, of empathetic leanings. Like I can, I can see how they would see things, but also yeah. I want to make sure that my portrayal of these characters is accurate and I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm considering them to be real people. Um, so no, so I'm, I, I, definitely, I definitely think that my characters do, like I said, they, they hold me hostage sometimes and say, this is what I'm yeah. going to do and you can try and stop me. But yeah. um, I think at the, at the end of the day, um, 
at the end of the day, I'm able to to still get that point across and do it in a way that's insightful and um, and hopefully a little bit educational for people that are that don't maybe identify as that. So, right, it'll be interesting to see what kind of reviews you get, and you know, as far as like when people mm-hmm. that you've read the book that you know and how they feel about it, you know. Uh, that would be very interesting, you know, for you, I think, as mm-hmm. an author, to, to see how they're feeling that you are portraying this. And, you know, because, sure. you know, it, it's, it's like that with every author, though. You, don't, you know, you don't always know what people, you know, are thinking about what you're thinking, you know. Um, and you want to portray yeah. like a scene, but sometimes it's life, and it may not always be perfect. So, you know, things yeah. happen. You know, and and that's why when we're writing, we're trying to do characters where life happens to them too. Yeah. Well, and I think too, there's there's uh, there's a saying out there about how you know when you write a book, you're kind of writing two books, and it's the book that you are writing, but then the book that your reader is reading. Um, yes. And people yeah. don't always read Absolutely. things the same way that we write them, yeah. and they don't pick <laughs> up on the same things, or they pick up on things that we didn't really. Intend right. for them to pick up on, or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You just don't know. I mean, you know, you know. I mean, sometimes they read too much between the lines, and that's really not the way we're thinking anyway. You know, and uh, but sometimes people tend to do that, and it may not be right how they're feeling it, but it's how they read it. Is that's that's what you're. You know, I get that, and yeah. it is hard. And we have a responsibility, but we also are telling a story, and it is a story. You know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think sometimes people, you know, they look more into it than they need to. They just have to enjoy it, you know. And and um, we're not, we, you know, we don't have that much time. But we're gonna. I just would say, you know, when people do review a book, you know, they need to read the beginning, middle, and end. And if they don't, mm-hmm. it's not fair for them to review it because you have to read the whole book to get the, you know, if if it were meant to be ten pages, then it would be a short story. Do you know what I mean? So if so it's not fair to the author when the reader gives a uh, a response to a book and reviews it in a bad way if they never even finished it. Because sometimes at the end of a book you go, ah, now I understand it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, and you can't do that when you read ten pages. You know, it's not fair yeah. to the author. Because it sometimes takes the whole book to get to where you need yeah. to get, you know. And that, that's yeah. one of the problems that I hope when people read books, they do the whole, read the whole book at least, you know. But as we know, they don't, and that's not always fair. Don't write a review if you didn't read the whole book. It's so unfair to the author, I think. Do you, do you agree on that? Or? No, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I were in agreement on this. So this is so interesting. I mean, I, I some of the points that you brought up are so interesting for me, you know, because I've not really had too many young adults, and it it does it does matter, you know. And I hope you'll both come on and we can have another show about this because I think it's important, you know, to hear that because the people that are reading it are going to be the adults of tomorrow. So I think that's such an mm-hmm. important thing, you know. And um, I thank you both. And I want each of you to give your websites and what, however they can find you. Okay, Mayor? Um, yeah, okay. So my website is um, it's MaryJoyce.com. That's M-E-R-E and then Joyce.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook um, as Mary Joyce or Mary Joyce Writes. Okay. Alexander? 
Yeah, so uh, you can find me online at Alexander C as in Cat Eberhart dot um, com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at the same thing, and there's links to all of my social medias on the website as well. Um, and I think you can find both me and Mayor at uh, sevensisterspublishing.com as well. And you and you can find um, the show on www.michiganavenuemedia.com or go on blogtalk.com or on, if you go into uh, iTunes, it's Michigan Avenue Media. Uh, and uh, you can find me on the shows, but you can find com. And um, thank you both so much. It's been so enjoyable having you, and I hope you'll come on again because we always have group discussions, yeah. so I hope we can do this again. Thank you yeah, so definitely. much. Thanks so much for having us. Okay. Thank you. Take yeah, care, definitely. everybody. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.